is Lotus is Ken Anderson's podcast and it's the 26th of November 2022. The time is 2024 and it is uh, Saturday. Now today we are going to read out loud uh, Exodus from the Bible and we start with uh, chapter 1. Now these are the names of Israel's sons who came into Egypt with Jacob, each man who came with his household, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulon, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher, and all those who were born to Jacob were seventy people, but Joseph was already in Egypt. Joseph eventually died, and also all his brothers and all that generation, and the Israelites became fruitful and began to increase greatly, and they kept on multiplying and growing mightier at an extraordinary rate, so that the land became filled with them. In time, there arose over Egypt a new king, one who did not know Joseph, so he said to his people, Look, the people of Israel are more numerous and mightier than we are. Let us deal screwedly with them, otherwise they will continue to multiply, and if a war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us and leave the country. So they appointed chiefs of forced labor over them to oppress them with hard labor, and they built storage cities for Pharaoh, namely Pichom and Ramesses. But the more they would oppress them, the more they would multiply, and the more they kept spreading out, so they felt sick with fear because of the Israelites. Consequently, the Egyptians forced the Israelites into harsh slavery. They made their life bitter with hard labor as they worked with clay, mortar, and bricks, and in every form of slavery in the field. Yes, they made them toil in harsh conditions in every form of slavery. Later the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, whose name were Shvira and Pua, and he told them, When you help the Hebrew woman to give birth, and you see them on the stool for childbirth, you must put the child to death if it is a son, but if it is a daughter, she must live. However, the midwives feared the true God, and they did not do what the king of Egypt told them. Instead, they would keep the male children alive. In time, the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, Why have you kept the male children alive? The midwives said to Pharaoh, The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They are lively and have already given birth before the midwife can come into them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people kept increasing and becoming very mighty. And because the midwives had feared the true God, he later gave them families. Finally, Pharaoh commanded all his people, You are to throw every newborn son of the Hebrew into the Nile River, but you are to keep every daughter alive. Chapter number 2 About that time, a certain man of the house of Levi married a daughter of Levi. And the woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw how beautiful he was, she kept him concealed for three months. When she was no longer able to conceal him, she took a papyrus basket and coated it with bitium and pitched and put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile River. 
but his sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. When Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the Nile, her female attendants were walking by the side of the Nile, and she caught sight of the baskets in the middle of the reeds. She immediately sent her slave girl to get it. When she opened it, she saw the child and the boy was crying. She felt compassion for him, but she said, This is one of the children of the Hebrews. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call her? nursing woman from the Hebrews to nurse the child for you. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go, at once the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter then said to her, Take this child with you and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became a son to her. She named him Moses and said, It is because I have drawn him out of the water. <laughs> now in those days after Moses had became now in those days after Moses had become an adult, he went out to his brothers to look at the burdens they were bearing, and he caught sight of an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brothers. So he looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. But he went out on the following day, and there were two Hebrews men fighting with each other. So he said to the one in the one in the one that was wrong, Why do you strike your companion? At this he said, Who appointed you as a prince and a judge over us? Are you planning to kill me just as you killed the Egyptian? Moses now was afraid and said, Surely the matter has become known. Then Pharaoh heard about it, and he attempted to kill Moses. But Moses ran away from Pharaoh and went to dwell in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and three came to draw water and to fill the drought to water their father's flock. But as usual, the shepherds came and drove them away. At this Moses got up and helped the women and watered their flock. When they came home to their father Reuel, he exclaimed, How is it that you have come home so quickly today? They replied, A certain Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds, and he even drew water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughters, But where is he? Why did you leave the man behind? Call him so that, we may eat with us, that he may eat with us. After that, Moses consented to stay with the man, and he gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Later Zipporah's son, and he named him Gershom, for he said, I have become a foreign resident in a foreign land. After a long time, the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites continued to groan because of the slavery and to cry out in complaint and their cry for help because of the slavery kept going up to the true God. In time, God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites, and God took notice. Chapter number 3 Moses became a shepherd of the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, while he was leading the flock to the west side of the wilderness, he eventually came to the mountain of the true God. 
to Horeb. Then Jehovah's, then he, then Jehovah's angel appeared to him in a flame of fire in the midst of a thorn bush. As he kept looking, he saw that the thorn bush was on fire, and yet the thorn bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I will go over to inspect this unusual sight to see why the thorn bush does not burn up. When Jehovah saw that he went over to look, God called to him out of the thorn bush and said, Moses, Moses, to which he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come any nearer. Remove your sandals from your feet, because the place where you are standing is holy ground. He went on to say, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at the true God. Jehovah added, I have certainly seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their outcry because of those who force them to work. I will know the pains they suffer. I will know the pains they suffer. I will go down to rescue them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a land good and spacious, a land flowing with milk and honey, the territory of the Canadians, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now look, the outcrow the outcry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen also the harsh way that the Egyptians are oppressing them. Now come, I will send you to Pharaoh, and you will bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. However, Moses said to the true God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? To this he said, I will prove to be with you, and this is the sign for you that it was... I who sent you. After you have brought the people out of Egypt, your people will serve the true God on this mountain. But Moses said to the true God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your forefathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What should I say to them? So God said to Moses, I will become what I choose to become. And he added, This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I will become has sent me to you. Then God said once more to Moses, This is what you are to say to the Israelites. Jehovah, the God of your forefathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is how I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Now go and gather the elders of Israelites or Israel and say to them, Jehovah, the God of your forefathers, has appeared to me, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and Jacob. And he said, I have certainly taken notice of you and of what is being done to you in Egypt. So I say, I will take you away from affliction at the hands of the Egyptians to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, to a land flowing with milk and honey. They will certainly listen to your voice, and you will go, you and the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt, and you, and you men should say to him, Jehovah the God of the Hebrews has commanded 
Jehovah, the God of the Hebrews, has communicated with us. So please let us make a three-day journey into the wilderness so that we may sacrifice to Jehovah our God. But I myself will know that the king of Egypt will not give you permission to go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will have to stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my extraordinary acts that I will do in it. And after that, he will send you out. And I will give this people favor in the eyes of the Egyptians. And when you go, you will by no means go empty-handed. Each woman must ask her neighbor and her woman lodging in her house for articles of silver and of gold, as well as clothing, and you will put them on your sons and your daughters, and you will plunder the Egyptians. Chapter number 4 However, Moses, a- Moses answered, But suppose they do not believe me, and do not listen to my voice, for they will say, Jehovah did not appear to you. Then Jehovah said to him, What is that in your hand? He answered, A rod. He said, Throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses, f- and Moses fled from it. Jehovah said to Mo- now to Moses, Reach out your hand and seize it by the tail. So he reached out and seized it, and it became a rod in his hand. God then said, This is so that they may believe that Jehovah, the God of their forefathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Jehovah said to him once more, Put your hand, please, into the upper fold of your garment. So he put his hand onto the fold of his garment. When he drew it out, why, his hand was striking with leprosy like snow. Then he said, Return your hand into the upper folds of your garment. So he returned his hand into his garment. When he drew it out of the garment, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. He said, if they will not believe you and or pay attention to the first sign, they will certainly head the next sign. Still, even if they will not believe these two signs and refuse to listen to your voice, you will take some water from the Nile River and pour it out on the dry land, and the water that you take from the Nile will become blood on the dry land. Moses now said to Jehovah, Pardon me, Jehovah, but I have never been a fluent and fluent speaker, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Jehovah said to him, Who made a mouth for a man, or who makes them speechless, deaf, clear-sighted, or blind? Is it not I, Jehovah? So go now, and I will be with you as you speak, and I will teach you what you should say. But he said, Pardon me, Jehovah, please send anyone whom you want to send. Then Jehovah's anger blazed against Jehovah. Then Jehovah's anger blazed against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know that he can speak very well, and he is now on his way here to meet you. When he sees you, his heart will rejoice. So you must speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with you and him as you speak, and I will teach you and I will teach you men what to do. He will speak for you to the people, and he will be your spokesman, and you will serve as God to him.
and you will take this rod in your hand and perform the signs with it. So Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, I want to go, please, and return to my brothers who are in Egypt to see whether they are still alive. Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. After that, Jehovah said to Moses in Midian, Go return to Egypt, because all the men who were seeking to kill you are dead. Then Moses took his wife and his sons and lifted them onto a donkey, and he started back to the land of Egypt. Moreover, Moses took the rod of the true God in his hand. Then Jehovah said to Moses, After you have returned to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the miracles that I have empowered you to do. But I will allow his heart to become obstinate, and he will not send the people away. You must say to Pharaoh, This is what Jehovah says, Israel is my son, my firstborn. I say to you, send my son away, so that he may serve me. But if you refuse to send him away, I am going to kill your son, your firstborn. Now on the road at the lodging place, Jehovah met him and was seeking to put him to death. Finally, Sephora took a flint and circumcised her son and caused his foreskin to touch his feet and said, It is because you are a bridegroom of blood to me. So he let him go. At that time, she said, a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. Then Jehovah said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and met him at the mountain of the true God and greeted him with a kiss. And Moses told Aaron all the words of Jehovah who had sent him and all the signs that he had commanded him to do. After that, Moses and Aaron went and gathered all the elders of the Israelites Aaron told them all the words that Jehovah had spoken to Moses, and he performed the signs before the eyes of the people. At this the people believed, when they heard that Jehovah had turned his attention to the Israelites and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed down and prostrated themselves. Chapter number 5 Afterwards Moses and Aaron went in and said to Pharaoh, This is what Jehovah, the God of Israel, says, Send my people away, so that they may celebrate a festival to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is Jehovah, that I should obey his voice to send Israel away? I do not know Jehovah at all, and what is more, I will not send Israel away. But they said, The God of the Hebrews has com communicated with us. Please, we want to make a three-day journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to Jehovah our God. Otherwise, he will strike us with disease or with the sword. The king of Egypt replied to them, Why is it, Moses and Aaron, that you are taking the people away from their work? Return to your labor. And Pharaoh continued, Look at how many people of the land there are, and you would have them rest from their labor. That day, that same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters and their foremen, You must no longer give straw to the people to make bricks. Let them go and gather straws for themselves. But you must still impose on them the same quantity of bricks as they made in the past. Do not reduce it for them, for they are relaxing. That is why they are crying out. 
We want to go, we want to sacrifice to our God. Make them work harder and keep them busy so that they will not pay attention to lies. So the taskmasters and their foremen went out and said to the people, Here's what Pharaoh has said. I'm giving you no more straw. Go and get your own straw for yourselves, whether you can find it, wherever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced at all. Then the people scattered throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble for straw, and taskmasters kept urging them, You must each finish your work every day, just as when straw was provided. Also the foremen of the Israelites, whom Pharaoh's taskmaster had appointed over them, were beaten. They asked them, <clears throat> Why did you not reach the quarter of bricks that you used to make? It happened both yesterday and today. So the foremen of the Israelites went in and complained to Pharaoh, Why are you treating your servants this way? No straw is given to your servant, yet they are saying to us, Make bricks. Your servants are beating, are beaten, but your own people are at fault. But he said, You are relaxing. You are relaxing. That is why you are saying, We want to go. We want to sacrifice to Jehovah. So now go get back to work. No straw will be given to you, but you must still produce your quota of bricks. Then the foremen of the Israelites saw that they were in serious trouble because of the order. You must not reduce your daily quota of bricks at all. After that, they met up with Moses and Aaron, who were standing there to meet them as they came out from Pharaoh. At once they said to them, May Jehovah look upon you and judge, since you have made Pharaoh and his servant despise us, and you have put a sword in their hand to kill us. Then Moses turned to Jehovah and said, Jehovah, why have you afflicted this people? Why have you sent me? From the time that I went in before Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has dealt worse with his this people, and you have certainly not rescued your people. Chapter number 6 So Jehovah said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. A mighty hand will force him to send them away, and a mighty hand will force him to drive them out of, this, of his land. Then God said to Moses, I am Jehovah, and I used to appear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty. But with regard to my name, Jehovah, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as foreigners. Now I myself have heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I remember my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am Jehovah, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and rescue you from their slavery, and I will reclaim you with an outstretched arm and with a great judgment, and I will take you in as my people, and I will be your God, and you will certainly know that I am Jehovah your God, who is bringing you out from the, under the burdens of Egypt." And I will bring you into the land that I swore with an oath to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as something to possess. I am Jehovah. Moses later gave this message to the Israelites, but they did not listen to Moses because of their discouragement and because of their harsh slavery. Then Jehovah spoke to Moses, saying, 
Go in and tell Pharaoh, Egypt's king, that he should send the Israelites away out of his, ha- out of his land. However, Moses replied to Jehovah, Look, the Israelites have not listened to me. How will Pharaoh ever listen to me as I speak with difficulty? But Jehovah again told Moses and Aaron what commands to give to the Israelites and to Pharaoh, Egypt's king, in order to bring the Israelites out of the land of Egypt. These are the heads of the house of their fathers. The sons of Reuben, Israel's firstborn, were Hanoch, Palu, Heshron, and Kami. These are the families of Reuben. The sons of Simeon were Yemuel, Yamin, Ohad, Yakisin, Sohar, and Shaul, the son of a Canaanite woman. These are the families of Simeon. These are the names of the sons of Levi according to their family descent, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. The length of Levi's life was 137 years. The sons of Gershon were Libni and Shimi, according to their families. The sons of Kohath were Amram, Ishar, Hebron, and Uziel. The length of Kohath's life was 133 years. The sons of Mehari were Mahli and Muji. These were the families of the Levites according to their family descent. Now Amram took Jobeset, his father's sisters, as his wife. She bore him Aaron and Moses. The length of Amram's life was 137 years. The sons of Isar were Kohar, Nephik, and Siri. The sons of Uziel were Michel, El, Sapan, and Sitri. Now Aaron took Eliezerba, Aminadab's daughter, the sister of Nashon, as wife, as his wife. She bore him Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Isamar. The sons of Korah were Asher, Elkanah, and Abishah. These were the families of the Korahites. Eliezer, Aaron's son, took on one of the daughters of Putiel as his wife. She bore him Pinehas. These are the heads of the parental houses of the Levites according to their families. This is the Aaron and Moses to whom Jehovah said, Bring the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt, company by company. It was, it was they who spoke to Pharaoh, Egypt's king, to bring the people of Israel out of Egypt. It was this Moses and Aaron. On that day when Jehovah spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, Jehovah told Moses, I am Jehovah. Speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, everything I am speaking to you. Then Moses said before Jehovah, Look, I speak with difficulty. So how will Pharaoh ever listen to me? Chapter number 7 Jehovah then said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your own brother, will become your prophet. You are to repeat everything that I will command you, and Aaron, your brother, will speak to Pharaoh, and he will send the Israelites away from his land. As for me, I will allow Pharaoh's heart to become obstinate, and I will multiply my signs and my miracles in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not listen to you, and I will lay my hand upon Egypt and bring my multitudes, my people, the Israelites, out of the land of Egypt with great judgment. 
and the Egyptians will certainly know that I am Jehovah when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring the Israelites out from among them. Moses and Aaron did what Jehovah had commanded them. They did just so. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. Jehovah now said to Moses and Aaron, If Pharaoh says to you, perform a miracle, then tell Aaron, take your rod and throw it down before Pharaoh, it will become a big snake. So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and did exactly as Jehovah has commanded. Aaron threw his rod down before Pharaoh and and his servant, and it became a big snake. However, Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers and the magic-practicing priests of Egypt, who also did the same thing with their magic. Each one threw down his rod, and they became big snakes. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Still, Pharaoh's heart became obstinate, and he did not listen to them just as Jehovah had said. Then Jehovah said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is unresponsive. He has refused to send the people away. Go to Pharaoh in the morning. Look, he is going out to the water, and you should station yourself to meet him by the edge of the Nile River, and take with you in your hand the rod that turns into a serpent. A serpent. And you must say to him, Jehovah the God of the Hebrews has sent me to you. And he says, Send my people away, so that they may serve me in the wilderness. But you have not obeyed until now. This is what Jehovah says. But this you will know that I am Jehovah. Here I am striking the water that is in the Nile River with the rod that is in my hand, and it will turn into blood, and the fish that are in the Nile will die, and the Nile will stink, and Egyptians will find it impossible to drink water from the Nile. Then Jehovah said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your rod and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over its rivers, over its channels, over its marshes, and over all its reservoirs, that they may become blood. There will be blood in all the land of Egypt, even in the wooden and stone containers. Immediately Moses and Aaron did just as Jehovah had commanded. He lifted up the rod and struck the water that was in the Nile River before the eyes of Pharaoh and his servants, and all the water that was in the river was turned into blood, and the fish that were in the river died, and the river began to stink, and the Egyptians were unable to drink water from the Nile, and there was blood throughout the land of Egypt. Nevertheless, the magic-practicing priest of Egypt did the same thing with their secret acts, so that Pharaoh's heart continued to be obstinate, and he did not listen to them, just as Pharaoh, just as Jehovah had said. Then Pharaoh returned to his house, and he did not take this to heart either. So all the Egyptians were digging all around the Nile for water to drink, because they could not drink any water of the Nile. And seven full days passed after Jehovah struck the Nile. Chapter number 8 Then Jehovah said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh and say to him, This is what Jehovah says, Send my people away so that they may serve me. If you keep refusing to send them away, I will plague all your territory with frogs. Then the Nile River will swarm with frogs, and they will come up and enter into your house, into your bedrooms, on your bed, into the houses of your servant, and on your people. 
into your ovens and into your knitting thoughts, knitting thoughts on you, on your people, and on all your servants, the frogs will come up. Jehovah later said to Moses, Say to Aaron, stretch out your hand with your rod over the river, the Nile channel, and the marshes, and make the frogs come up over the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs became, began to come up and to cover the land of Egypt. However, the magic-practicing priests did the same thing by their secret acts, and they too made the frogs come up over the land of Egypt. Pharaoh then called Moses and Aaron and said, Plead with Jehovah to remove the frogs from me and my people, as I want to send the people away so that they may sacrifice to Jehovah. And Moses said to Pharaoh, I leave to you the honor of telling me when I should plead to you. I leave to you the honor of telling me when I should plead to have the frogs removed from you, your servant, your people, and your houses. Only in the Nile River will they be left. To this he said, Tomorrow. So he said, It will be according to your word, so that you may know that there is no one else like Jehovah our God. The frogs will depart from you, your houses, your servants, and your people. They will be left only in the Nile. So Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses pleaded with Jehovah about the frogs that he had brought upon Pharaoh. Then Jehovah did as Moses asked, and the frogs began to die in the houses, the courtyards and the field. They were piling them up in the countless herbs, uh, heaps, and the land began to stink. When Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart, and he refused to listen to them, just as Jehovah had said. Jehovah now said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the earth, and it will become gnats in all the land of Egypt. And it did this. Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and struck the dust of the earth, and the gnats came on man and beast. All the dust of the earth became gnats in all the land of Egypt. The magic-practicing priests tried to do the same and produce gnats by their secret acts, but they could not and a gnat came on man and beast. So the magic-practicing priest said to Pharaoh, It is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart continued to be obstinate, and he did not listen to them, just as Jehovah had said. Then Jehovah said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and station yourself in front of Pharaoh. Look, he is coming out to the water, and you must say to him, This is what Jehovah has said. Send my people away, so they they may serve me. But if you do not send my people away, I will send on you your servant and your people, and into your houses the gadfly, and the houses of Egypt will be full of gadflies, and they will even cover the ground they stand on. On that day I will certainly set apart the land of Goshen, where my people are dwelling. No gadfly no gadflies will exist there, and by this you will know that I, Jehovah, am here in the land, and I will make a distinction between my people and your people. Tomorrow this sign will take place. And Jehovah did so, and heavy swarms of gadflies began to invade the houses of Pharaoh and the houses of his servants and all the land of Egypt. The land was ruined by the gadflies. Finally Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron and said, Go sacrifice to your God in the land. But Moses said, It is not proper to do so, because what we would sacrifice to Jehovah our God would be detestable to the Egyptians. 
If we would make a sacrifice that was detestable to the Egyptians right before their eyes, would they not stone us? We will make a three-day journey into the wilderness, and there we will sacrifice to Jehovah our God, just as he has said, us, said to us. Pharaoh now said, I will send you away to sacrifice to Jehovah your God in the wilderness, only you must not go so far away. Plead in my behalf. Then Moses said, Now I am going away from you, and I will plead with Jehovah, and the gadflies will depart from Pharaoh, his servant, and his people tomorrow. But Pharaoh must stop trifling with us by refusing to send the people away to sacrifice to Jehovah. Moses then went out from Pharaoh and pleaded with Jehovah. So Jehovah did according to Moses' word, and the gadflies departed from Pharaoh and his servant and his people. Not one was left. However, Pharaoh again hardened his heart and did not send the people away. Chapter number 9 So Jehovah said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh and say to him, This is what Jehovah the God of the Hebrew has said, Send my people away so that they may serve me. But if you refuse to send them away and you keep holding them, look, Jehovah's hand will come against your livestock in the field. On the horses, the donkeys, the camels, the herds, and the flock, there will be a devastating plague, and Jehovah will certainly make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, and nothing that belongs to the Israelites will die. Moreover, Jehovah set an appointed time, saying, Tomorrow Jehovah will do this in the land. And Jehovah did this on the very next day, and all sorts of livestock of Egypt began to die. But not one of Israel's livestock died. When Pharaoh inquired, look, not so much as one of Israel's livestock had died. Nevertheless, Pharaoh's heart continued to be unresponsive, and he did not send the people away. Jehovah then said to Moses and Aaron, Fill both of your hands with soot from a kiln, and Moses must throw it into the air in front of Pharaoh, and it will become a fine dust on all the land of Egypt, and it will become festering boils on man and beast in all the land of Egypt. So they took soot from a kiln and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses tossed it into the air, and it became festering boils breaking out on man and beast. The magic practicing priests were unable to stand before Moses because of the boils, for they had developed on the magic practicing priests and on all the Egyptians. But Jehovah allowed Pharaoh's heart to become obstinate, and he did not listen to them, just as Jehovah had told Moses. Then Jehovah said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and station yourself in front of Pharaoh and say to him, This is what Jehovah the God of the Hebrew has said. Send my people away so they, they may serve me. For now I am di directing all my blows to strike your heart, your servant and your people, so that you may know that there is no one else like me on all the earth. For by, for by now I could have thrust my hand out to strike you and your people, with a devastating plague, and you would have been wiped out from the earth. But for this very reason I have kept you in existence, to show you my power, and to have my name declared in all the earth. 
I was still behaving arrogantly against my people by not sending them, them away. Here I will cause a very great hail to rain down tomorrow about this time, such as has never occurred in Egypt from the day it was founded until now. Therefore, send word to bring all your livestock and all that is yours in the field under shelter. Every man and beast caught in the field and not brought into the house will die when the hails come down on them. Anyone among Pharaoh's servants who feared Jehovah's word quickly brought his own servant and his livestock into the houses, but whoever did not take Jehovah's word to heart left his servant and his livestock in the field. Jehovah now said to Moses, Stretch out your hand towards the heavens, so that hail may come down on all the land of Egypt, on man and beast, and all the vegetation of the field in the land of Egypt. So Moses stretched out his rod towards the heavens, and Jehovah sent thunder and hail and fire fell down to the earth, and Jehovah kept making it rain down hail on the land of Egypt. There was hail and there was fire flashing in the midst of the hail. It was very heavy. There had never been anything like it in the land since Egypt had become a nation. The hail struck everything in the field throughout the land of Egypt, from man to beast, and it struck down all the vegetation and shattered all the trees of the field. Only the land of Goshen, where the Israelites were, there was no hail. So Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron and said to them, I have sinned this time. Jehovah is righteous, and I am, and I and my people are in the wrong. Plead with Jehovah that there may be an end to God's thunder and hail. Then I will be willing to send you away, and you will not stay any longer. So Moses said to him, As soon as I got out, I go out of the city, I will spread out my hands before Jehovah. The thunder will stop and the hails will not continue any longer, so that you may know that the earth belongs to Jehovah. But as for you and your servants, I know already that even then you will not fear Jehovah God. Now the flax and the barley had been struck down because the barley was in the ear and the flax had fl flowering buds. But the wheat and the spelt had not been struck down because they were later crops. Moses now went out of the city from Pharaoh and spread out his hands before Jehovah, and the thunder and the hail stopped, and the rain quit pouring down on the earth. When Pharaoh saw that the rain, the hail, and the thunder had stopped, he sinned again and hardened his heart, he as well as his servant. And Pharaoh's heart continued obstinate, and he did not send the Israelites away, just as Jehovah had stated through Moses. Chapter number 10. Then Jehovah said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh, for I have allowed his heart and the hearts of his servants to become unresponsive, so that I may display these signs of mine right before him. And in order that you may declare to your sons and to your grandsons how severely I have dealt with Egypt and what signs I have performed among them, and you will certainly know that I am Jehovah. So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and said to him, This is what Jehovah, the God of the Hebrews, has said. How long will you refuse to submit to me? Send my people away so that they may serve me. For if you keep refusing to send my people away, here I am, I am bringing locusts within your boundaries tomorrow, 
and they will cover the surface of the earth, and it will not be possible to see the ground. They will eat up what escapes the hail and what was left for you, and they will eat all your trees that are growing in the field. They will fill your houses, the houses of all your servants, and the houses of all Egypt, to an extent that your fathers and your grandfathers never saw from the, the time they have been in this land until today. With that he turned and went out from Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh's servant said to him, How long will this man continue to menace us? Send the men away so that they may serve Jehovah their God. Do not, do you not yet realize that Egypt has been ruined? So Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go, serve Jehovah your God, but just who will be going? Then Moses said, We will go with our young people, our old people, our sons, our daughters, our sheep, and our cattle, because we will hold a festival to Jehovah. He said to them, If I ever send you and your children away, then Jehovah is indeed with you. It is clear that you intend to do something evil. No, only your men may go and serve Jehovah, for that is what you requested. With that they were driven out from before Jehovah. Sorry, with that they were driven out from Pharaoh. Jehovah now said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, so that they may come up over the land of Egypt and eat up all the vegetations of the land, everything that the hails has let, let remain. At once Moses stretched out his rod over the land of Egypt, and Jehovah caused an east wind to blow on the land all that day and all night. The morning came, and the east wind brought the locusts, and locusts came up over all the land of Egypt and settled down on the whole territory of Egypt. It was extremely severe. Never before had there been so many locusts, nor would there ever be so many again. They covered the surface of the entire land, and the land grew dark with them. They devoured all the vegetations of the land, and all the fruits of the trees that the hail had left. Nothing green was left on the trees or on the vegetations of the field in all the land of Egypt. So Pharaoh quickly called Moses and Aaron and said, I have sinned against Jehovah your God and against you. Now please pardon my sin just this once, and plead with Jehovah your God that he just remove this deadly plague from upon us. So went up out from Pharaoh and pleaded. So he went out from Pharaoh and pleaded with Jehovah. Then Jehovah caused the wind to shift, and it became a very stiff west wind, and it carried the locusts away and drove them into the Red Sea. Not a single locust remained in all the territory of Egypt. However, Jehovah allowed Pharaoh's heart to become obstinate, and he did not send the Israelites away. Jehovah then said to Moses, Stretch out your hand towards the heavens so that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness so thick that it can be felt. Moses immediately stretched out his hand towards the heavens, and there was a dense darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. They did not see one another, and none of them got up from where they were for three days, but all the Israelites had light in their dwellings. Pharaoh then called Moses and said, 
Go, served Jehovah. Only your sheep and your cattle will remain behind. Even your children may go with you. But Moses said, You yourself will also provide us with sacrifice and burnt offerings, and we will offer them to Jehovah our God. Our livestock will also go with us. Not an animal will be allowed to remain, because we will be using some of them to worship Jehovah our God, and we do not know what we will offer in worship to Jehovah until we arrive there. So Jehovah allowed Pharaoh's heart to become obstinate, and he did not consent to sending them away. Pharaoh said to them, Get out of my sight. Make sure that you do not try to see my face again, for on the day you see my face, you will die. Rudez Moses said, Just as you have spoken, I will not try to see your face again. Chapter number 11 Then Jehovah said to Moses, One more plague I am going to bring upon Pharaoh and Egypt. After that, he will send you away from here. When he does send you away, he will literally drive you out of here. Now tell the people that all the men and women should ask their neighbor for articles of silver and gold. And Jehovah gave the people favor in the eyes of the Egyptians. Moreover, Moses himself had become highly esteemed in the land of Egypt among Pharaoh's servants and among the people. Moses then said, This is what Jehovah has said. About midnight I am going out into the midst of Egypt, and every firstborn in the land of Egypt will die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who is sitting on his throne, to the firstborn of the slave girl who is working at the handmill, and every firstborn of the livestock. Throughout all the land of Egypt there will be a great outcry, such as has never occurred, nor will occur again, but not even a dog will bark at the Israelites, at the men or their livestock, so that you may know that Jehovah can make a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites, and all your servants will certainly come down to me and prostrate themselves to me, saying, Go, you and all the people who follow you, and after that I will go out. With that he went out from Pharaoh in the heat of anger. Jehovah then said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you in order for my miracles to be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Moses and Aaron performed all these miracles before Pharaoh, but Jehovah allowed Pharaoh's heart to become obstinate so that he did not send the Israelites away from his land. Chapter number 12 Jehovah now said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month will be the beginning of the month for you. It will be the first of the month of the year for you. Speak to the entire assembly of Israel, saying, On the tenth day of this month they should each take for themselves a sheep for their father's house, a sheep to a house. But if the household is too small for the sheep day, and their nearest neighbor should share it between themselves in their houses according to the number of people. When making the circulation Sorry, when making the calculation, determine how much of the sheep each one will eat. Your sheep should be a sound one, uh, one-year-old male. You may choose from the young rams or from the goats. You must care for it until the fourteenth day of this month, and the whole congregation of the assembly of Israel must slaughter it at twilight. They must take some of the blood and splash it on the two doorposts, and the upper part of the doorway of the houses in which they eat it. They, may, they must eat the meat on this night. 
They should roast it over the fire and eat it along with unleavened bread and bitter greens. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled, cooked in water, but roast it over the fire, its head together with its shank and its inner parts. You must not save any of it until morning, but any of it left over until morning you should burn with fire. And this is how you should eat it, with your belt fastened, sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you should eat it in a hurry. It is Jehovah's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on this night, and strike every firstborn in the land of Egypt, from man to beast, and I will execute judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am Jehovah. The blood will serve as your sign on the houses where you are, and I will see the blood and pass over you, and the plague will not come on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day will serve as a memorial for you, and you must celebrate it as a festival to Jehovah throughout your generations. As a lasting statue, you should celebrate it. Seven days you are to eat unleavened bread. Yes, on the first day you are to remove the sourdough from your houses, because anyone eating that what is leavened from the first day down to the seventh, that person must be cut off from Israel. On the first day you will hold a holy convention, and on the seventh day another holy convention. No work is to be done on these days. Only what every person needs to eat, that alone may be prepared for you. You must keep the festival of unleavened bread, for on this very day I will bring your multitudes out of the land of Egypt, and you must keep this day throughout your generations as a lasting statue. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, in the evening you are to eat unleavened bread until the twenty-first day of the month in the evening. Now no sourdough is to be found in your houses for seven days, because if anyone eats what is leavened, whether he is a foreigner or a native of the land, that person must be cut off from the assembly of Israel. You should not eat anything leavened. In all your homes you are to eat unleavened bread. Moses promptly called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select young animals for each of your families and slaughter the Passover sacrifice. Then you must dip a bunch of hyssop into the blood that is in a basin and strike the upper parts of the doorway and the two doorposts with the blood, and none of you should go out of the entrance of his house until morning. The, then, when Jehovah passes through to plague the Egyptians and sees the blood on the upper parts of the doorway and on the two doorposts, Jehovah will certainly pass over the entrance, and he will not allow the plague of death to enter into your houses. You must observe this event as a lasting regulation for you and your sons, and when you come into the land that Jehovah will give you, just as he has stated, you must keep this observance. And when your sons ask you, what does this observance mean to you? You must say, it is the sacrifice of the Passover to Jehovah, 
who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt when he plagued the Egyptians, but he spared our houses. Then the people bowed low and prostrated themselves. So the Israelites went and did just as Jehovah had commanded Moses and Aaron. They did just so. Then at midnight Jehovah struck down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who was sitting on his throne, to the firstborn of the captives who was in the prison, and every firstborn of the animals. Pharaoh got up that night, along with all his servants and all the other Egyptians, and there was a great outcry among the Egyptians, because there was not a house where someone was not dead. At once he called Moses and Aaron by night and said, Get up, get out from among my people, both you and the other Israelites. Go and serve Jehovah, just as you have said. Take also your flocks and your herds, and go, just as you have said. But you must also bless me. And the Egyptians began to urge the people to depart quickly out of the land, because, as they said, we are all as good as dead. So the people carried their flour dough before it was leavened, with their leading throats wrapping up in their clothing on their shoulder. The Israelites did what Moses had told them and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold as well as clothing. Jehovah gave the people favor in the eyes of the Egyptians so that they gave them what they asked for, and they plundered the Egyptians. Then the Israelites departed from Ramses for Sukkot, about 600,000 men on foot besides children, and a vast mixed company also went with them, as well as flocks and herds, a great number of livestock. They began to bake the dough that they brought from Egypt into a round loaf of unleavened bread. It was not leavened, because they had been driven out of Egypt so suddenly that they had not prepared any provision for themselves. The dwelling of the Israelites who had dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of the 430 years, on this very day, all the multitudes of Jehovah went out of the land of Egypt. It is a night on which they will celebrate Jehovah's bringing them out of the land of Egypt. This night is to be observed to Jehovah by all the people of Israel throughout their generation. Then Jehovah said to Moses and Aaron, This is the statue of the Passover. No foreigner may eat of it. But if someone has a slave man who was purchased with money, you should circumcise him. Only then may he share in eating it. A settler and a hired worker may not eat of it. In one house it is to be eaten. You must not take any of the meat outside of the house, and you must not break any of its bones. All the assembly of Israel are to celebrate it. If a foreigner resides with you and he wants to celebrate the Passover to Jehovah, every male of his must be circumcised. Then he may come near to celebrate it, and he will become like a native of the land, but no uncircumcised man may eat of it. One law will apply for the native and for the foreigner who is residing among you. So all the Israelites did just as Jehovah had commanded Moses and Aaron. They did just so. On this very day, Jehovah brought the Israelites along with their multitudes out of the land of Egypt. Chapter number 13 
Jehovah spoke further to Moses, saying, Sacrifice to me every firstborn male among the Israelites. The first male to be born of both human and animal belongs to me. Then Moses said to the people, Remember this day on which you went out of Egypt from the houses of slavery, because with a mighty hand Jehovah brought you out of here, so nothing leavened may be eaten. You are going out on this day in the month of Abib. When Jehovah has brought you into the land of the Canaanites, the Hevites, the Amorites, the Hivatites, and the Jebusites, which he swore to your forefathers, forefathers to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, then you must keep this observance in this month. Seven days you are to eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there will be a festival to Jehovah. Unleavened bread is to be eaten for the seven days, and nothing leavened is to be found with you, and no sourdough is to be found with you within all your territories. And you must tell your sons on that day, it is because of what Jehovah did for me when I came out of Egypt, and this will serve for you as a sign on your hand and as a memorial on your forehead, so that Jehovah's law may be in your mouth, for which a mighty hand Jehovah brought you out of Egypt. You must keep this statue of its appointed time from years to year, from year to year. When Jehovah brings you into the land of the Canaanites, which he has sworn to give you to you and to your forefathers, you must devote to Jehovah every firstborn male, as well as every male firstling of the livestock that you acquire. The males belong to Jehovah. Every firstling donkey you are to redeem with a sheep, and if you do not redeem it, then you must break its neck. And every firstborn male of your sons you are to redeem. In case your son should ask you later on, what does this mean? Then you should say to him, With a mighty hand Jehovah brought us out of Egypt from the houses of slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to send us away, Jehovah killed every firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of man to the firstborn of beast. That is why I am sacrificing to Jehovah all the firstborn males, and I redeem every firstborn of my sons. This must serve as a sign on your hand and as a headband on your forehead, for with a mighty hand Jehovah brought us out of Egypt. Now when Pharaoh sent the people away, God did not let them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although it was near. For God said, The people may change their minds when they are confronted by war and will return to Egypt. So God made the people go around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. But it was in battle formation that the Israelites went up out of the land of Egypt. Moses also took Joseph's bones with him because Joseph had made the sons of Israel so many swear, God will not fail to turn his attention to you, and you must take my bones up out of here with you. They departed from Sukkot and encamped at Etam at the edges of the wilderness. Now Jehovah was going ahead of them by day in a pillar of clouds to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they may, so that they could travel by day and by night. 
the pillar of cloud would not move away from before the people during the day, nor the pillar of fire at the night. Chapter number 14. Jehovah now said to Moses, Tell the Israelites that they should turn back and encamp before Pihahirot, between Migdol and the sea, within view of Baal Siphon. You are to a camp facing it by the sea. Then Pharaoh will say about the Israelites, They are wandering in confusion in the land. The wilderness has closed in on them. I will allow Pharaoh's heart to become obstinate, and he will chase after them. And I will glorify myself by means of Pharaoh and all his army. And Egyptians will certainly know that I am Jehovah. So that is what they did. Later it was reported to king of Egypt that the people had run away. Immediately Pharaoh and his servant had a change of heart regarding the people, and they said, Why did we do this and release Israel from serving as slaves for us? So he made his war chariots ready, and he took his people with him. He took six hundred chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt, with warriors on every one of them. Does Jehovah allow the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to become obstinate? And he chased after the Israelites, while the Israelites were going out with confidence. The Egyptians chased after them, and all the chariots, horses of Pharaoh, and his cavalry men, and his army were catching up with them while they were camping by the sea by Pirahirot, facing Baal Siphon. When Pharaoh got closer, the Israelites raised their eyes and saw the Egyptians pursuing them. The Israelites became terrified and began to cry out to Jehovah. They said to Moses, This is because there are no burial places in Egypt that you have brought us here to die in the wilderness. What have you done to us by leading us out of Egypt? Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt when we said, Let us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians, for it is better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness? Then Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the salvation of Jehovah that he will perform for you today. For Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again. Jehovah himself will fight for you, and you will keep silent. Jehovah now said to Moses, Why do you keep crying out to me? Tell the Israelites that they should break camp. As for you, lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, so that the Israelites may go through the middle of the sea on dry ground. As for me, I am allowing the hearts of the Egyptians to become obstinate, so that they will go in after them. Thus I will glorify myself by means of Pharaoh and all his army, his war chariots and his cavalry men. And the Egyptians will certainly know that I am Jehovah when I glorify myself by means of Pharaoh, his war chariots and his cavalry men. Then the angel of the true God, who was going ahead of the camp of Israel, departed and went to their rear, and the pillar of clouds that was in front of them moved to the rear and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. On the one side it was a dark cloud, on the other side it was lightening up the night. 
so the one camp did not come near the other camp all night long. Moses now stretched out his hand over the sea, and Jehovah drove the sea back with a strong east wind all night long, turning the sea passing into dry ground, and the waters divided. So the Israelites went through the midst of the sea on dry ground, while the waters formed a wall on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses, his war chariots, and his cavalry men began going after them into the midst of the sea. During the morning watch, Jehovah looked at the camp of the Egyptians from within the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw the camp of the Egyptians into confusion. He kept taking wheels of their chariots so that they were driving them with difficulty, and the Egyptians were saying, Let us flee from any contact with Israel, because Jehovah is fighting for them against the Egyptians. Then Jehovah said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, their war chariots, and their cavalrymen. Moses at once stretched out his hand over the sea, and as morning approached, the sea returned to its normal condition. As the Egyptians fled from it, Jehovah shook the Egyptians off into the midst of the sea. The returning waters covered the war chariots and the cavalry men and all of Pharaoh's army who had gone into the sea after them. Not so much as one among them was allowed to survive. But the Israelites walked on dry ground in the midst of the seabed, and the waters formed a wall on their right hand and on their left. Thus Jehovah saved Israel on that day from the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel also saw the great power that Jehovah wielded against the Egyptians, and the people began to fear Jehovah and to put faith in Jehovah and in his servant Moses. So, this is Kenneth Anderson signing off for this chapter. It's the 26th of November, 2022. The time is 22.41, and it is Saturday. Bye.